listening to the Morning Sky Show with Superfly75. You are listening to onthewakeupradio.com. Sign up for otwtube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on thewakeupradio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. Conspiracy got jokes. I got to wash dishes tonight, though. <laughs> I do have to wash dishes tonight. <laughs> hey, hey, what a, what a girl tell Bruce Lee? You want to be, you get with April? You want to be a dishwasher? Yes, I, I do wash dishes. You know what I'm saying? What's, what's happening to everybody? Listen, so much to talk about. Where do I begin? Where do we begin? What should I talk about first? She said, yeah, you you got little money, and you take April out on a date, and you become a dishwasher. Remember the dragon, his former employer? Dish. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, I'm sure she would, Nikki. Just tell her to do it. Just tell her, say, hey, I need a, I need a sultry video intro. <laughs> I'm sure she'd do it. Hi, Chief, what's happening? Yo, it's a lot, man. And I was trying to catch everybody, but first things first, y'all better stop streaming stars stuff y'all know star is infamous for copyright strikes why y'all streaming that man's stuff his content he tells you all of the time he doesn't there's no such this this goes to that fair use um myth because if you if you're watching started today earlier today certain content creator (laughs) he had to check a content creator about using his stuff I don't want to say his name, but, you know, if you're watching Star earlier today, yeah, hell yeah, I was on Star, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I keep trying to tell y'all, listen, I'm Shade Room approved certified, okay, I can go into any arena at this point and hold my own, time to branch out, but that fair use, that shit does not work, so he had to give the the content creator a lesson on fair use because he was like well it's fair use he star said no it's my content okay you stream star anything of star you will get a copyright strike and then there's a and then he'll charge you a bounty to remove the strike why are y'all streaming stars stuff what is wrong with y'all everybody knows don't touch stars content he tells you flat out all the time, all the time. Start with the educational stuff to the debauchery. All right, do we have educational? I got some educational stuff. Sure, sure, sure. You know what? Yeah, it's his property. That fair use, exactly. Fair use is a myth. It's a myth. Let me see they talking about. Let me see. Well, let me see something. Oh, is this me? Okay. Hold on. I just want to hear. I just want to hear myself. 
real quick because everybody's streaming star stuff y'all y'all streaming the entire show he did today Hold up, y'all. I kind of want to, I want to, yeah, Sly, listen to Sly. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah, yeah. You know what? Let me do this real quick. Hold on, let's do this. Let's do this. Ooh, see, I don't want to, I don't want to run a risk as the audio. We're going, we're going to get to this revisionist history because stars. I like Star, but Star is dead ass wrong on, on this one, on this Manosphere shit. Especially when it comes to Kevin Samuels. We're going to get into it. I just want to see what everyone else's reaction is to what I had to say. I'm just curious. I was spitting. I was spitting hot fire today. I, I was spitting hot fire today. See, when Star said he was around for a decade, I don't. Kevin Sanders wasn't around for no damn ten years prior. Exactly. Yeah, we we gonna get into this. I just want to hit these. My my part real quick. Okay. I'm 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 listening to DJ Kuda. Shout out to Kuda. Yeah, I'm 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 listening to myself now. I was I was spitting fuck out of here. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> A dylon, dylon, dylon. <laughs> I wanna stream it, but I I man that content ID goes it goes with the content no matter what platform it's on, man. So I me streaming Kuda, streaming Star, I can still get struck. You know what I'm saying? Oh, here we, here we, here we. Yeah, I would expect Fantastic. to say that. What, what's his name? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Because he's affiliated. So why, why would he throw the team under the bus? But we all know what it was. 
a matter of fact, a sick obsidian had to be had a right. I don't know, but I listened to what he was saying. You're saying something. The star is not educated in this. In this. No, he. I'm just spilling all the tea. I'm just spilling all the, the manosphere tea. Ain't been back since. Spun the block. Okay. <laughs> I, if I play that one Nah that shit don't matter bro The content is the content ID So if you're not familiar with um, Like NASCAM ID numbers So like say if you upload a song Onto Billboard or stuff like that It all has a, a, a its own Numerical code That every system recognizes And is attached to it So wherever that wherever that song goes Or is played it's attached. It has that code attached to it. Same thing with the YouTube video. YouTube has its own um, content identifying numbers, and it, it, it's it's embedded and it goes wherever. So once that code pops up, no matter on whoever, you know what I'm saying. Ain't been back since. Cooking, cooking. All right, I'm, all right, I'm, all right. I just want to, I just want to get that part. Yeah, I ain't gonna run the risk of, uh, of streaming stars stuff. It's all good. It's all good. All right, star does not mess around. Star does not mess around with his stuff. You should have brought up the Kevin. Listen, he, it was limited time. Matter of fact, I was on hold for an hour. It was that many people calling in, and ninety percent of the calls were nobodies. Um, the only ones that People recognize. Oh, wait, wait, wait. At the end of the day, it's just they're frustrated with women. Yeah, um, yeah pretty much. Have a bunch of men that have failed to adapt to the to the to, to the new dating norms. You know, it's, you can only complain about women for so long. This is true. Last time I checked, men are solution based. So when you ask these men, okay, what's the solution after you complain about these women for so long? They they really give it to you. So yeah. It, it's it's more out of frustration that the women they secretly like. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm pretty spot on. I think I'm pretty spot on. I'm pretty spot on. I fucks with Star though, but he's wrong on this. He's dead wrong on this. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yes, yes, yes. 1976. Fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment. Yeah. And that that shit, <laughs> right? Let us sing the praises of O'Shea because he built he built the pyramids. Yeah, he built the he built the pyramids. If it wasn't for him, none of us would be here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is that it? So, so what happened was. The majority of the callers that call, I say 95% of the callers that called in, you never heard of, were not Manosphere affiliated. They were not content creators. They were just content consumers, right? The only, per, the only people I 
um, it was me and Fantastic. And I was on hold for an hour. I was in the queue for an hour to get in. So there was not going to be a long-winded conversation about the details of it. Now, maybe had I called in earlier, I probably got more airtime. But um, 95% of dudes that called were content consumers, not content creators. Their first iteration, the majority of them, they said, well, I first came into the space. I heard about the space, Kevin Samuels. So if Kevin Samuels is your first um, taste of the space, you're lost. You know what I'm saying? So um, I I like Star. I fucks with Star, but Star is wrong as two left feet on this whole, you know what I'm saying, space thing. And then, you know, we get to the Kevin Samuels thing. Listen, I get it. But the dude was... he. He faked it till he made it. He was a 90s rapper. He didn't have it like that until the very end. Right. You know, and you try to explain to people, I, we, we remember when he first popped up. The guy, the men rejected him. The men rejected him. <laughs> you know, y'all, y'all was there at the Coliseum. BGS would bring this dude on and BGS be like, y'all just take it easy on Kevin. Let Kevin speak. Let Kevin talk. Y'all used to jump Kevin's ass. Pause. Back in the day, y'all weren't trying to hear what that man had to say. And then, you know, as he got his, his numbers up so, and then more and men still challenged him. And w- what did somebody say? Well, why don't you, you know, help men or some shit? And he said, yo, pay me, you know, buy me out for a million dollars and, and I'll, I'll, I'll do something else. So at that point, you already knew it was, it was over. It was the money. And then he went viral, perfect storm between the pandemic, him going viral. Yeah, it was a perfect, perfect combination. He took off. But, yo, don't act like, that's why I'm saying all these new folk, man, that, that shit irritates the fuck out of me, man. Like, yo, we were there. We were there. And he wasn't around for no damn 10 years. I don't know where Star got that shit from. I don't know where this 10-year thing came from, you know. So, um <laughs> Where Steve, the, uh, I, I had no issue with Steve the Dean. Yo, and matter of fact, remember, he S- Steve loaned him money to, to pay his cell phone bill. And it took him forever to pay, his cell, pay him back, even after he was popping. You know, Steve got stories about this dude, too. Yeah, I, I caught that. I, I tried to tell y'all. The majority of these guys don't care about these dudes' backgrounds. Star said, yeah, he's got a pass, but that's my guy. Y'all don't care about these kids like that. Y'all, y'all don't care about these kids like that. Crimes against children are not frowned upon like they used to be. You know, as long as you spit that hot ism against these women, you're good to go. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Hell no. Even when the, 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 whole, the whole high value concept came out, he wasn't even matching those metrics. He put those metrics on y'all, made y'all stress out, made y'all worry about getting y'all numbers up. You know, and while his man was just faking in front the whole time, he didn't get it to the very end. Yeah, yeah, definitely eat true, true Hollywood story. But I, I fucks with Steve the Dean. I, I, we've always had a good rapport. I have no issues with Steve. You know. Wait, I'm trying to see what they talking about. Okay. All right. So that's Cuda. Shout out to Kuda, man. But y'all better stop. Y'all better stop streaming uh, star shit. You don't think he he loves giving out strikes. He loves giving out strikes. Okay, what's this? 
Okay. All right. Hey, 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 hey. What go on? What go on? My man C over's in the house. Yes, indeed. Yeah, did we do the grunge rock topic yet? I don't think so. But I, um, I'm a rockhead, and I was doing, listening to rock stuff, and all of a sudden, all this rock information started coming to me, and I was like, oh, Tina Ball. I said, okay, okay. This should be interesting. See? Cardboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's all good. Like I said, I fucks with Star, but on this, when it comes to this Kevin Samuel shit, you know, I, I will... I will constantly dig up the, his dead body, and you know I'm. I'll always bring up every lie he done told. This man lied to y'all, told y'all he was a college graduate. Get on Vlad, never graduated college. This man said he owned oil patents. He owned patents for for oil refineries and shit. This man said he was a uh, a bouncer. This man said he fought in underground fight clubs. What what else? What other lies did he tell? I still don't believe he had cancer. I know I'm kicking dirt on the dead man, but God damn it. Y'all want to y'all want to believe in, in facades and shit. So it's OK for me to dig up dirt on former dead prime ministers and dead presidents and dead, you know, Freemasons and shit. I can't touch Kevin Samuels. Right. So when I do these deep dives on these all these evil people, <laughs> you know, when I come on, man, he what, is, what makes him any different? Oh, oh y'all didn't. Yeah. Yeah. He was Bruce. Wayne. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 This man was this man was participating in underground fight clubs. This man was a martial artist. <laughs> Y'all better stop playing with me, man. Combat sports is no nothing to be joking around with. That shit it takes a toll on your body. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Kevin Kelly, what's happening? So, um... What other lies did he tell, y'all? I mean, it's, it's so many. Everybody's got different clips of lies he's told. But when he get in front of them white man, he tell the truth. It is what it is. Don't don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Shit. If you you know what they say, if you just if you don't if you don't lie, there's nothing to remember. Just tell the truth. Like every oil patents, oil patents, Nick. Let that Nick, you of all people know, if somebody had an oil patent, they're not on YouTube. They're not on YouTube. Talking no, they're not on YouTube. No. An oil patent? An oil patent. Y'all we talking <laughs> an oil patent. We're talking mobile Exxon, uh uh, uh Sunoco. Do you understand? <laughs> what the Okay, all right, all right, it's all good, it's all good. No one was saying, oh, is that, is that any good? Okay, let's, let's get on this, let's get on this, let's, let's get on, let's get on. Um, okay, where, where, where I want to go from here? Oh, the rock thing. 
So yeah, I'm 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 in these different rock circles, man. I, I love listening to the old rock stories and stuff. I love it. I love it. Y- yeah, an oil pat. Come on, man. We're talking tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars for an oil patent. Y- you know, like what are we talking about? Once again, I still don't believe he. And I don't. I don't think he ever had cancer. This is just. No, like you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, it's a di- it's a way different vibe. You just know, but uh, I'm over that. So let's do this. Where do I want to go? You know what? Speaking of Kevin Samuels, let's do this. Let's do some optics. Let's do some optics. Now, because you know, somebody convinced y'all that these women y'all got to deal with are all going to be fit and and fit. Okay, right? So, now look at the majority of these married couples, uh, the couples' couples. Look at these women. Oh, shit, hey, Special Ed, hey, Special Ed clapped at these niggas. <laughs> Internet buzzing, shot the Special Ed. We gonna get into that? You, you about to make me go look more into Chalito Sanchez. Hey, Chalito Sanchez. All right, now look at all these women here. Look at all these women. All these women with men. These are their husbands, boyfriends, what significant others look at the optics of these couples look at the women look at these women ain't i don't see not one bicep muscle i don't see one quad i don't see one half of a latissimus dorsi i don't see a tricep i don't see no muscle on none of these women i don't see no muscle on any of these women this is, I believe it was a marriage retreat of some sort, right? But look at the shape of these women. This is real life. Real life. Okay? None of these women have a six-pack, four-pack, two-pack. Okay? Do you see any glute, gluteus maximus or any gluteus minimus on these women? Okay, once again, (laughs) the reality is this, okay, all that fit shit, come on, man, unless you live in Venice Beach, unless you go specifically to Gold's Gym, Crunch Fitness, unless you're in that industry, the majority of men end up with women that have roundness, that are squishy. Okay, y'all know black men prefer their women a little bit more Rubenesque. Look it up, right? Can I do that? Can I, can I do my Jason Black Rubenesque? The majority of black men like their women Rubenesque. Y'all can stop me whenever you think I'm capping or, or I'm, I'm I'm going off the rails. Okay, go to ATL. Everybody down there got a big stupid donkey ass <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah when you when you grab an arm it just goes 
you just keep squeezing <laughs> you know when you grab her arm it it, it, do, it doesn't stop because of the muscle right so say she say she works out she got a muscle it, it will stop but no when you grab her arm you just keep squeezing and squeezing squishy that's the majority that's the reality of, of the women that you're gonna end up that you that men deal with please stop this nonsense please stop this nonsense this is the reality all right ruben stuttered at oh no not ruben stuttered i don't know i i wasn't ruben he's a big boy and i know that's that's okay i thought that was yeah more cushion for the pushing okay this is the reality i'll run it back one more time well why are we shamed for being slim oh no 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 i'm not shaming anybody for being slim the reality is more than likely these men women the men that the women that they're going to end up with are going to be squishy there's not one fit woman in this room this is the norm there's not one fit woman in this room and look at how these men look at these women these men are in love with these women i love her squishy ass i love her rolls i love her little back fat i love her little wings right i love her squishy ass these men ain't going nowhere her little fupa right you don't have three or four kids it's okay baby i'll count your stretch marks you know this is the dating reality okay this is the dating reality deandre maybe his baby if you're if you have to ask bro we're, we're past all that we're past all that we're past all that these are all older folk right no young folk those are dudes who settle down i wouldn't say that but i would definitely say water seeks its own level y'all saw obsidian's woman she's squishy right y'all brown sugar squishy brown sugar squishy right y'all saw y'all saw how big a brown sugar's arms were squishy that is the dating reality for black men so when that man told y'all to go find y'all somebody that's fit feminine friend fuck out of here nigga the majority of women they seek are rubenesque okay all right yes wings yes you know what i'm saying <laughs> not fit at all lunch lady arms what y'all say if she got big arms she can cook that's what y'all told me right if i call a woman my women she could best believe she's fit like you're right you're right i'm here to deal with the, the majority or the reality okay not rocky dennis oh come on don't do that don't do that don't do that not rocky dennis bro rocky didn't do nothing look rocky had a little girlfriend at the very end right he came to accept himself and be more outgoing and you know what i'm saying he was and then towards the end rocky's like i'm tired of sleeping standing up sitting up i want to lay down rocky didn't get back up you know <laughs> rotund 
voluptuous. Y'all know the terms. We all said the terms. But she was blind, bro. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. All right. You never. And we make jokes about Latino women body shapes all day long. And guess what? Jorge ain't going. Jorge will kill everybody in the room over over uh, Marcella. Marissa. Right. Jorge will kill everybody in the room over Marcella. Right. You know, that little five foot Pisces will kill everybody in the room over his woman. Round penguin built potato sack built, whatever. Right. That is the norm. That is the reality. All right. <laughs> ah, shit. What's next up on the, on the, uh, like what is next? Let me move this to the trash. What is this? You know what? Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's get to what Special Ed said. The truth about hip hop. Everybody's mad at mad at Special Ed. Listen, when you tell the truth, this is what happens. Let's go. WA brought the age of destruction. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. NWA brought the age of destruction to our children and our culture. Is he lying? Of course, they, you know, guys like Killer Mac, Killer Mike were like Cap. Where is the Cap in this? Wow. Period. Hey, I respect all of them as men. Okay. But as the art form, and you want me to speak on the art form, I'm going to tell you what it is. That's where it started. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's where the agenda started. Okay. And that's where the destruction began. A gangster rap, you would give that to them? or was it? I can't stand Nori. Nori doesn't have a serious bone in his body. Nori is like, does Nori even have bones in his body? Like, Nori has nothing seriously that you just can't take him serious. He's just here to get in. He's just so happy to be here and he'll do anything to keep the money rolling in. He is a total clown, man. Total clown. Let's go. Ice-T. Well, Ice-T... Yeah, Ice-T did that. I ain't say they started gangster rap, but what happened was when the president sent them that letter, uh -huh. they went ham with that shit. Right. Like, you know, and they had uh, more of a presence. Mm -hmm. You know, Ice-T did his numbers back. You know, he did his... Yeah, Special Ed is, is, a, is a tether. Special Ed is non-FBA. Everybody knows that. What is he? What is Special Ed, y'all? Is he Pan Panamanian? Is he Jamaican? I don't know. Somebody look it up for me. I'm too lazy right now. Yeah, special special ed is a tether. So what? Where's the lie? Find the lie in what he said. And special ed's contribution to hip hop cannot be dismissed ever. Tether or no tether. He's Jamaican. He's Jamaican. So what's there's no problem with what he said, but then of course Tariq will will try to, to do the, the whole tether. This is what I'm saying. His rhetoric got people just seeing red, and it's like whoa, you know. Thing that's my OG too, Ice T. But and W A ran away with it in such a way where it was like, uh oh, see, see, I, I, I ain't playing. Oh, hey, I know better. <laughs> I just saw someone get hit live while playing Star Content. Hey, hell no, nah, I won't play none of that shit. Oh, no, no. You're not going to get me. I told y'all, leave Star alone. 
Steady B is still in prison. Yes, sir. Steady B's doing life for killing that female cop, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's doing life. Uh-oh. Let's get... Woman, what in the hell? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh-oh. Okay. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Okay. The argument is not who started gangster rap. Everybody knows Schoolie D, um, Steady B, Schoolyard, school, Schoolhouse, or Schoolyard, whatever. Everybody knows... Schooly D is, is probably the father of gangster rap. Then you got Tim Dog and then Ice Cube. That's not, we're not debating that. We're, that's not for debate, the origin of it. The debate is the impact of it and who can you point a finger to or at towards. Because nobody was dying behind Steady B. Nobody was listening to Schooly D like that. Nobody was listening to Tim Dog like that. Let's be honest. And as much as I like Ice T, Motherfuckers weren't listening to Ice-T like that either. Come on, stop this bullshit. Everybody named Mama was listening to N.W.A. Okay, let's go. For real? Word. That's all we gonna do? Yeah. You know, it was genius for them, and they made millions of dollars off of it, but look at what it caused. Yeah. You they feel said me? fuck the police early. Yeah. <laughs> we always saying fuck the police, but they said it on record. On record. Absolutely. <laughs> for the record. And I respect them for that, too. Okay. Find the line what this man said. And which they will. Which they will. They'll try to find, you know what? Let's see what they say on Twitter. Let's see what they say on Twitter. Let's go. Oh, no, no, no. Open up another tab. I have still 50 fucking tabs open. I got to stop having so many tabs open on my laptop. Let's do this. Special, special ed NWA. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And it's, and here we go. Look at this. Look at this. How old is Exhibit? Is it, exhibit's got to be 50. Look at this dumb shit here. Exhibit comes as special ed for saying NWA brought destruction. His response is, we still active, bro. This is the dumbest nonsense. So I be talking about hip-hop. Now y'all understand why hip-hop is a joke to me. So let me see, let me see. Okay. So okay, the rapper sent out a warning to special ed writing, man, that's my family tree right there. I don't go out of my way to discourage people from expressing their opinions about hip hop, but fuck that shit. Fuck this shit. Special ed, you out of pocket. Don't make it hard for yourself. We still active, bro. Sir, you're fifty fucking years old. And y'all wonder why I don't take your genre of music serious. Let's continue. Bun B also commented writing no drugs or guns in the hood or systemic oppression and racism. And you don't eat and you don't even get to NWA point the fingers in the right direction. This another shill. Bun B is a shill. Let's continue. Anything else? No. All right. Let's go back. Let's go back to Twitter. And y'all wonder why I look down upon hip hop the way I do. Um, Let's see, yo, NWA and Two Live Crew first album came out the same year. The spotlight, of course, was on NWA for F the Police. But if it was not for that single, would Special Ed have said the same thing? 
we pretty much all lumped them together. But okay. Uh, let's see. Thanks, Special Ed. Now we have to hear the NWA destroyed rap conspiracy yet again and not the fact that niggas got corny. Even gangster rap got corny. Deflection. Once again, finalize what he said. Anybody who points to Dre immediately as C is connected to wouldn't know who NWA or Special Ed is because they got into rapping to Okay, stupid, stupid comments. Mm, okay. What Special Ed fails to understand is that his era ending wasn't NWA's or Ivine's fault. It was the consumer's fault. Like, we know who bought all the records that in turn the machine promoted. They wanted that. Okay. Who's they? Who's they? Who's they? Special Ed lame and so is Nori. I heard Nori cackling in the back when Special Ed said that about NWA. Uh oh. Niggas getting defensive about Special Edge saying NWA started some bullshit is the exact reason hip hop will never change. NWA brought the age of destruction to our children and our culture. Special Edge show is special for saying this. Special Edge is crazy for that statement about NWA. It's always them old heads. Uh, so. Did Special Edge jump out the window with that NWA comment, or is there some truth to it? All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. I heard Special Edge say the same thing this week on DC, and I love Ed, but I don't agree. NWA were nothing more than street poets who conveyed how life was on the streets of California. And I think people could relate to that. I'm a gangster rap junkie. I can't uh, just yeah jump out to your nearest window. Special Ed says some real shit on Dream Champs and stood on it about NWA. It was subtle and not disrespectful, but direct and factual. Okay. Okay. I think I'm, I'm, most, I'm, all, I'm over this at this point. Most of these guys grew up in and operated from Compton. Initially, while growing up in the early 90s, we came out listening to the likes of Rob Bay, Special Ed, Public Enemy, Naughty by Nature, Big Daddy Kane, and, and jumped straight into NWA as they took the world or the rap world by storm. It's hilarious to watch old heads on Twitter try to box older heads on 90s hip-hop when we absolutely loved it between 84 and 89. Slick rigor. Okay, we were hip-hop junkies way before the 90s. Okay. All right. Let me get to you guys' comments. Y'all know me. I'm going to keep the foot on hip-hop's neck. I don't give a fuck about that genre of music. 
Sorry, not sorry. Where we at? Where we at? Where we at? We're all in the same. <laughs> Yo, banging, the banging on wax series. That is funny. That is funny. New York turning to conscious rap. West Coast Hollywood changed it to hate brothers and so uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Big Pontiac trying to stir the pot. I don't disagree. I think they use hip hop cast bells on ninjas. It seems like they're in a time warp. Many use hip hop to sell our community. I would just like to do to the community neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bun B ran off of UG. I listen. I know why it takes Bun B serious. Nobody takes Bun B serious. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 hilarious. It's hilarious. Okay. His ex-wife is active as hell. Listen, but that's Cali shit though. It's all good. Run all the tabs you want. <laughs> Tab Master seventy five. I, I'm sure he will. I'm sure Tariq will will spin this and deflect on his uh, nationality as opposed to attacking what he said. You know. So, yeah, man. I, I yeah, take take notes with me. He's a violent hero. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Then how come other Cali groups like Souls of Mischief didn't get their exposure from mainstream? NWA promoted something harsh. Well, she said what she said. She said what she said. Okay. Now, let me do this. Let me continue on. I'm going to make one. I'm going to make this point about. I'm going to reiterate a point about hip hop and the Peter Pan thing. And people, you still striving to be an MC at the age of 40. Where is that? Where is this? Okay. I'm going to do this now. This, there's context to this. There's context to this. So bear with me. So this interview here, we have Rick Beto. We have Charlie Benate from, uh, I believe, uh, Charlie plays with, I forget who Charlie plays with. Okay. And we got Zach Wild. Everybody knows Zach Wild from Black Label Society, Black Sabbath. And then we have uh, Rex Brown from Pantera. Okay. Now a bunch of music guys just shooting shit. But there's a point when they mention, hey, we, when you get too old, try to pursue this. All right. There's a very, very serious point that they that even they made about trying to chase, you know, aspirations of being a musician. I've said this before. Only in the urban genres, uh, basically hip hop is where only where our people still chase or aspire to be an artist in the late 30s, early 40s. That is ass backwards. Even these rock dudes understood, man, if this shit don't pop by, by the time I'm 30, I'm out. So let's get to this. And there's this one point. I just, it, they just reiterate my point that I made last week. Rockheads don't, don't be turning 40 and 50 still trying to be a, a musician. They understand it's time to grow up, put this shit away, do it as a hobby, and go get a job because I got a family to feed. Y'all always get me... These outliers like two chains and shit, nigga. If you still stop, the average motherfucker spending twenty years to, to be an MC is not being successful. For every one two chains you give me, I can give you a thousand 
guys that that didn't make it to be a two chains. Same thing with Rick Ross. Y'all give me these guys that struggled and, and whatever for 20 years and finally made it one out of a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand. But let, let's let them tell it because they tell it better than I can. Like if you didn't get a record deal by the time you're 30 years old, the dream is over. This is a, this man's in his 60s and he's telling they understood back then. They understood back then. The dream is over. By the time you hit 30, y'all want to have this conversation at the age of 40. <laughs> y'all still trying to make this shit happen at 40. These white boys are like, man, this shit don't work when I'm 30, Greg. I'm out of here. I got to quit the band. I got to quit the band. <laughs> Come on. Drop these, drop these pearls of wisdom on these. Yeah. Whereas like now, if we were 17, Pantera, you guys would be on social media, whatever. And let's say you guys were from Birmingham, England. If we'd be, me and Tori would be like, man, you got to check out this yeah. band Pantera from Birmingham. They're like, really? That you know? was part so, of the process, yeah. So now we're finding out about these bands that you would never know thank god there's instagram or facebook or twitter and so i'm just saying you can be your own boss build your own mom and pop shop make your own merchandise be create and be the boss of the whole thing and now i'll say this for zach the young i'll give the young guns credit the young guns ain't trying to get signed to labels the young guns are not trying to get signed to labels. They understand the power of social media and they work social media. So I understand that part. It's the non-young, the, the non-young guns, them 30-year-old dudes that still want to try to get signed to a label. The 40-year-old dudes still looking for a record deal. No. No, that's not how this works. So but the majority of these guys trying to be, they don't want to be their own boss. They want the label to do all the work for them. As opposed, and you know, I never, I never got the whole thing like, you know, what everybody used to be, or oh, the record company, it's us first. It, 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 that's just a load of garbage. The bottom line is, we're, you know, we're Anthrax Records. We're going to invest in any band. That's because we believe in you to succeed. We want you to succeed. So, Father Rick can buy, you know, another SG, or we, you know, we can get another Marshall. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you know, we got some kitchen cabinets we have to we, we build now. But what I'm just saying is, I always used to laugh whenever we was, yeah, the record company screwed us. Well, I go, the record company wants you to succeed. What right. are you talking about? Right. If you, they want you to succeed, because that means you're making us money. The gatekeepers in the past were the A&R people. Sometimes they were producers that would sign bands to production deals. Right. Sometimes they were radio programmers in certain cities that would take a chance on a band, even a band that was signed that no one would play their single and somebody got behind it in one city and then it took off from there. That's uh, many stories of that, many right? Many stories yeah, about that. And so the gatekeeper, there are bon many Jovi different- or whatever, right? I yeah. John talking about MTV. Yeah. MTV, if you got a single on, on there that just took off, a video that took off I there. mean, look what it did for bands or artists, MTV, made millions of dollars for record companies and right. artists. When that stopped, the revenue stopped. Right. And then things went haywire, you know? And I'm so glad we weren't an MTV band. No. We were all word of mouth, and that's what it was. And it took those first two but tours it did help. of sitting out there. All right, okay, okay. I, this was a, this was a, 
a very good conversation between all four of these guys. Um, right now, Pantera is on tour with Metallica. Matter of fact, and the reason why Zach is here, because Zach is filling in for Dimebag Daryl. Right? Because if you remember, if you're a Pantera fan, you, you, you remember the night uh, Dimebag Daryl was, was shot and killed on stage during a performance by a crazed fan. And so they're on tour, and Zach is, is he's playing lead guitar in, in Dimebag's place. Rex is the bassist. Um, so it's a hip hop urban artists have a very, very skewed warped way of thinking when it comes to music business, music business. Okay. These men ain't put out an album in 20, 25 years, still going on tour based off the shit. The first two, three albums they put out Zach. Okay. I take that back. Black Label Society put out an album, I think, four or five years ago. You wouldn't have known, but they're still on tour, you know. Um, Pantera, my God. The last album Pantera put out, you know, they still they still tore off the strength of uh, Cowboys from Hell, you know. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm done. My day was bananas. Uh-oh. You want, you want to share with us? You want to unload, unpack? We're here to listen. If you want to tell us what happened, how was your day? I'm sorry, your day was, was stressful. Sorry. Yeah, Rick Beatles the man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very, very skewed way of thinking when it comes to music business. They were influenced by Tupac. Jeezy Pete. Jeezy Pete. Yeah, Cuban Della uh, Cousins. Ho I remember Hoes with Attitude. I remember the album. Uh, <laughs> useless records. Yes, H yeah, Hoes with Attitude. I we we I remember. Hey, Red, you better stop playing motherfucking uh Star Stream, sis. You better stop that shit. Do not stream or play any of Star's content. There's no such thing as fair use. It's a myth. At the end of the day, it's up to the content content owner. So, yeah, don't don't ever play with Star like that. Star will come get you and then hold you and make you pay a bounty to take the strike off. All right? Okay. Okay. Yes. I, well, not an age limit. You can be a musician, but trying to be a professional music artist. You know, a lot of musicians play just to play because it's a hobby. My dad still plays the guitar. He ain't trying to, he trying to, try, he's not trying to get a record deal. You know, I'm sure if I convince my dad to make YouTube videos about him playing the guitar. Hold that thought. I got to give my old man a call this weekend. <laughs> I got to give the old man a call this weekend. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. Hey. <laughs> UPS is always hiring. Always. But black men didn't have control over their... I have no idea where you're going with that, Red. I have no idea. I have no idea. 
I told them niggas they better go overseas. Them Europeans and Asians will listen to that bullshit. <laughs> Cheesy peach. Good lord. Uh, crazy racks and no record deal. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. The record companies just don't pay the bands as much as I feel they should. Um, it's all about what you negotiate. Um, it's a, it's a, that's a risky, that's a gamble for anybody, even when for established artists, you know, I, I think if you're an established artist, at some point you want to get away from the labels and create your own team to kind of do the, do the stuff of a label, hire a bunch of, uh, outside, not say outsiders, but independent contractors to do work for you. I don't know. You know, the days of artists being signed to a record label for 40 plus years those days are long gone a lot of these guys i remember it was a big deal when nine inch nails left interscope i remember this i remember that day i remember the day nine inch nails left interscope it was a big deal because at the time they had gwen stefani nine inch nails a whole bunch of high power high powered acts and trent reznor being trent reznor because trent reznor was making a ton of money scoring and doing soundtracks and he got to the point where he just pretty much knew the business of how to run his 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 music his catalog and he left they made a decision to leave interscope it was a big deal it was a big fucking deal it was a big deal so that's 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 roll of the dice you know that's roll of the dice that's a that's a dicey 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 roll yeah i i discovered pantera 93 freshman year of college these these, uh these white boys um chris and clint they were going to school for graphic artists and i remember the the poster of the guy being punched in the face and they played this shit for me man and it was like holy smokes what is this yeah yeah yes star does not play yes don't 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 I'm just saying, just be careful. It's, it's people you can play. I hear what you're saying. You say that because you ain't got a copyright strike. <laughs> See, everybody talk that shit till they get that copyright strike. And when YouTube says, hey, um, this has been removed. You can't do nothing for a week. It, yeah, you say you don't care until you care. Don't. That's not a game you want to play. That's not a game you want to play with, you, you know. You just don't, just don't. The stress behind a copyright strike, if you avoid it if you can, you know. It's not like when YouTube says, well, we're going to remove this because it's YouTube. But when someone else hits you with a strike, it's like, damn, you know. So, uh-oh. So, I dated a guy <laughs> over 10 years ago. He had a job at Motorola, wanted to be a rapper. Nigga spent all his money on studio time. And I had to tell him he was trash. They would never go anywhere. Sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes it'd be like that. No, my dad never had a gold tooth. Oh, he had a body that was beheaded? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, did they... Okay, did they find the head? Or was it just a body and no head? I don't know what video you're talking about. Uh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. He had a body came in. And, and, and I, I, oh, wait, wait. I need a fifth of Don Julio in a jar of edibles. 
Man, Interscope had a had heat. Like all the yeah, it was like all the important artists were on nine, uh, were on Interscope, you know. Yeah, Vulgar Display of Power was that was that record that pretty much launched their career, and um, they they would perform alongside with King Edwards. Like if anyone knows about a group called Ink King Edwards or King X, they were a Christian rock group, but the lead singer was the bassist. His name was Doug. He's one of the greatest bassists to ever play, and. Um, yeah, so all these old guys are just kind of coming back to the surface now and being re- rediscovered, and everybody's back on tour right now, man. So, like, fuck a record, let's go on tour. Uh, what? Why two? No, if you get a copyright strike, yes, you can't do anything for a week, and you ha- and they give you the option to d- to dispute the copyright owners claim that you take it they're using their content so i'm saying you don't want to why invite trouble if you don't have to you never seen anything like that um before no you shouldn't but he's still kind of young in, in his youtube thing you'll there's some stresses that i could try to help you avoid that it's just some lessons you're just going to learn the hard way you know see what i'm saying conspiracy knows like the copyright strikes (laughs) like it it's you know they found the head the hospital attached it but transport the body was intense it took over eight hours to prepare holy shnike you have to be demented to do some shit like that hey you know what we live in a crazy world you know there's certain certain crimes that would be like unimaginable are happening more and more often. So yeah, now you'll see a beheading. Now you see motherfuckers cut up limbs, you know, th- those types of crimes that would, you just wouldn't see. <laughs> hey, these motherfuckers out here different, different now, you know? Um, okay. Was that it for my clips? Now let me get to my, let's get to my second part of my rock story. Oh no. Yeah. Let's do this. Let me get to my second part of my rock story. Now I was, yeah, I was going down a, the rock rock rabbit hole and um came across so let me get out of this let me exit out of this all right who is this what is this wait 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 okay what is this okay and what is that all right oh we got yeah we got some bad stories today yeah it's gonna be bad tonight all right Tina Bell. Does anybody know who Tina Bell is? This is the creator of grunge rock. This beautiful sister is the creator of grunge rock. She predates Nirvana Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. She is the one that created that sound. Unbeknownst to her. Okay? So... Let's do. Oh, okay. Carlton Way knows her. Okay, okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, listen. I, to be honest with you, Rose Gold is a couple motherfuckers that I wouldn't. I would. You know what? A beheading would would make my day. <laughs> I wouldn't lose no sleep if I had to, if I had to behead a, a few of these motherfuckers. That I, anywho. Okay. Half a decade before Nirvana released their first album, Tina Bell and her band Bam Bam 
pioneered the combination of punk and heavy rock that would come to define grunge music. Okay. Let's see. Okay, now let me get to her. Let me get to her. That is her. Let's go. Tina Bell, Tina Marie Bell is considered to be the mother of grunge. Let's do this. Can we get into this? Come on. Now they're gonna hit me, but oh well. Have you ever wondered who the very first grunge band really was? Well, if you guessed Green River, you would be wrong. I want you to picture a time before the internet before all music was readily available to download, and before the massive cross-pollination of all genres. Before this, what would usually happen is that a new and exciting movement or a scene would start brewing underneath the surface. Journalists, photographers, and DJs would soon start to pick up on the excitement and start writing about it to generate buzz. And eventually, if a certain band was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time, they would rise to megastardom and become symbolic <laughs> of this very movement or subgenre. But there is also a massive problem with this type of narrative. In retrospect, we only seem to treat the bands who were symbolic of a certain sound as the sole innovators of that particular genre, which they almost never were. No, there have Ray, always been creative said, masterminds in the underground who came way before them, who received not even half the recognition or the credit for their creative genius. These original creative masterminds almost always become a mere footnote in the story, if not ignored for their contributions altogether. And it is no secret that many of them were not the skinny white guys who figured out a way to repackage a movement and sell it to white teenagers. Okay, okay. To quote Simon Reynolds of The Guardian, history is definitely not written by victors. There are dozens of bands who made landmark albums but never achieved more than an abiding cult status, earning the dubious consolation prize of being an influence and reference point for megabands. Hundreds more made just one or two amazing singles then disappeared with barely a trace. Over decades of new rock movements and subgenres, the uncredited wait, innovators wait, behind this- Watch how I debunk this. Watch, watch how I debunk Sexy Red's point, just like this, with the snap of my finger. Sexy Red, do you know who Sister Rosetta Tharp is? Sexy Red, do you know who Sister Rosetta Tharp is? Because nobody says black women don't create anything. There's not a time in history when it comes to urban, black, anything, black women don't get their credit, right? You do know there were black women that helped build that, that the atomic bomb, yes? So nobody says this stuff. But do you know who Sister Rosetta Tharp is? I'll leave it at that. Let's continue with the lesson. Let's continue scenes were often women, specifically black women. Before Little Richard and Chuck Berry pranced and waddled their way into the nation's hearts, and long before Elvis sent the public into collective hysteria by shaking his hips on live television, gospel singer Rosetta Tharp was shouting into the heavens, flanked by a choir of backup singing men, ripping out these fat, intricate guitar solos, creating an entirely new sound that laid the foundation for rock and roll. In the punk scene, we had polystyrene, the quirky DIY zine maker, her. fashion icon, and exuberant frontwoman of the self-proclaimed deliberate underachiever punk band X-Ray Specs, who wrote satirical socio-political commentary about the construct of fame, authenticity, and identity with a distinct saxophone-laden sound and Holly's distinct- Wait, wait, no, I don't, honestly. Okay, let's go ahead and say his name. Who, who, who says this? 
What male, what black male content creator says that black women don't don't create anything? Who says that? Put his name in. Say his name. You can say his name. I don't. I don't. Yo, Wendy O was dope. What movie was that when she? Uh, <laughs> wait, what movie was it? She was in. Was it in like a uh, Night of the Dead, Living Dead movie? Or no, Pri Schoolgirl. No, Prison. It was a prison movie. Wendy O was in a prison movie right back in the '80s. No, not me. I'm saying who? Oh, Angry Man. That's what he said. Is that is it him that says that black women don't create shit? Is it him? Wait, Wendy O was in a was a some like popular prison movie back in the '80s. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Like she was this crazy ass white chick that did rock music, right? Yeah, Reform School Girls. Holy cow. Listen, anybody in the 80s, that was almost, almost your first introduction into softcore porn. All my old heads remember Reform School Girls. She was naked. And that was like your first taste of softcore porn. I remember that shit. Yeah. We old as fuck. We old, <laughs> we old as fuck. Wait, so it was Angry Man that said that for real? Like he said, black women don't create shit. Are you serious? Wow. Wow. I thought he was smarter than that. Yeah, right? Reform school girls. Hell yeah. Yes. Holy shit. Shame on y'all. All you weirdos. <laughs> high-pitched yowls that would put John Lydon to shame. I talk a lot about feminist historical recovery in music on this channel, and I am eternally grateful to all of the hard-working archivists, record collectors, journalists, and scholars who are working tirelessly behind the scenes. Okay, sis, I get it, but just get, just get to the lesson. I get it. Shout out to a girl's two sound sense. Catapult DIY music into the mainstream. With Riot Girl and the eventual explosion of Nirvana's Nevermind in 1991, and the subsequent success of Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and Hole, just to name a few, indie labels like Sub Pop and Matador soon became household names. And noise rock no wave icons like Sonic Youth although not from Seattle, still very influential, helped pave the way for later grunge pioneers like Mark Arm and Steve Turner's early grunge bands Green River and Mudhoney before the eventual explosion of grunge with Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit catapulting the subgenre into the mainstream. Or at least that's the cynical way of looking at it. But what if I told you that the wildly popular Seattle sound made famous by white men in plaid shirts, cardigans, and knit hats was actually started by a band that was led by a black woman? Well, that is true. And the fact that this band has been neglected in nearly every retelling of grunge, that is in no way the fault of people who weren't aware, because they essentially had no way of knowing. The story has been kept off the record for years. I got some 
I got some research to do. I gotta go, I gotta go on Spotify and be looking up some stuff. French tutor to help her with the lyrics of C'est Bon Si for a Langston Hughes production. The ad was answered by a man named Tommy Martin. A few years later, Bell and Martin married and decided to start a band, which they formed alongside their close friend Scott Ledgerwood, aka Scotty Buttocks. The band came to fruition with Martin on guitar, Ledgerwood on bass, and Bell taking on lead vocals. Combining their surnames, Bell and Martin, into an acronym, Tina and Tommy called the band Bam Bam. They later recruited their drummer, a man named Matt Cameron, who you may know as the drummer of Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. With their sludgy guitar tones and off-kilter rhythms on songs like Ground Zero, Stress, and It Stinks, Bam Bam laid the foundation for a sound that wouldn't become wildly popular until nearly a decade later. Bam Bam was one of the first bands to record at CZ Records and Reciprocal Recordings, the place where Nirvana yes, would later lay down the tracks it, for what yes. would become Bleach and Incesticide. The Melvin Wait, who, Fifi and the other girl from Canada. Who's the chick from Canada? There's the other 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 black chick. Um, she was on that vibe back in like early 2000s. Who was it? It was Fifi and somebody else. Damn it. Is she the one that dated Shia LeBeau? And was, was going was being abused by Shia LeBeau? Was it Fifi? Then that's who I'm talking about then. I thought it was somebody else. Okay, let's continue. If somebody knows, please correct me. Let's go. ...even opened for Bam Bam when Kurt Cobain was still touring as a roadie for them. As written by Jen B. Larson in PleaseKillMe.com, Evidently, the right people had heard Bam Bam, enjoyed them, and even recorded them. The band's recordings are solid, they're attractive and talented, with a bombshell lead singer. So why wasn't Bam Bam included on Deep Six, the 1986 CZ Records Seattle Showcase compilation that featured Reciprocal's early grunge recordings? Unfortunately, I think we all- Yes, FKA Twigs. Thank you, Roz. Yeah, It was FKA Twigs and Fifi Dobson. Yeah, those two. Yeah, FKA was the one with Shia. He was getting abused by Shia, but yeah, okay, gotcha. All right, pre thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sharp, sharp crowd tonight. Sharp crowd tonight. All know the answer, an answer that many black creators know all too well. As Scott Ledgerwood said, America was certainly fucking not ready for a black girl up front in a hard rock band, let alone as a media sweetheart, no matter how gorgeous she was. As for Bam Bam being suppressed, there's probably several reasons, but race and gender clearly played a major role. The continued reluctance by Seattle to accept her is maddening. Part of it is that people are uncomfortable around the race issue. It's like kill the messenger when I try to talk to folks about it. According to many eyewitnesses and insiders who witnessed Bell's aura firsthand, she was an incredibly magnetizing, high energy, exuberant, and regal figure. She had killer vocals and the band played like motherfuckers. As a sludge metal proto-grunge band, you would think it would be common sense, a no-brainer to acknowledge that Bam Bam played a vital role in shaping grunge history. But instead, barely anybody remembers them. And if you are one of the many people who hasn't heard of the band before, that is no fault of your own. There's virtually nothing about them on the internet, save for a few archived websites, a Facebook page, and a few YouTube videos. Tina Bell's Wikipedia page was recently deleted for, quote, lack of sourcing. Wow. The book Everybody Loves Our Town, A History of Grunge, doesn't even acknowledge Bell's existence and Bam Bam is wrongly labeled as a three-piece. How does that even happen? How does one become so blind to what is right in front of them to the point where they don't even acknowledge the lead singer? Mm. Bell and Martin had a kid named TJ, who eventually grew up to be a filmmaker 
and won an Oscar for his documentary Undefeated. And the Oscar goes to Undefeated, TJ Martin, Dan Lindsay, and Rich Milmas. On the KEXP Sound and Vision podcast, TJ revealed the heartbreaking injustices that his mother continues to face, both in life and death. Any of her, like she was a writer and a poet and a yeah. vocalist, gone. They threw it out. I didn't find this out until, because they threw it out immediately. I didn't get the call that she'd passed until two, you know, like a week after or something yeah. like that. Wow. So when I come out there, I'm like, where's her stuff? And they're like, oh, it was contaminated. We had to throw it out. And they saved like a DVD player, a chair, and like a weird poster. That's it. So my brain can't help but take it here, but she remained, she continued to get disrespected even in death, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's no way someone would do that if it was like a high rise apartment, you know, million dollar apartments. You ain't throwing out everything in someone's belonging. You know, it's hard to come to terms with but it also makes me realize that she was privy of that the whole time. And that came out in the music, and they came out in her performance, and then at a certain point, it got exhausting. Because Tina Bell is no longer with us, that makes it that much more important to recognize her rightful place in the pantheon of Seattle rock. Her legacy is just as important as that of groups like Heart, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and Nirvana, if not more. As Jen B. Larson so eloquently wrote, it's more than time to crown Tina Bell as the queen of grunge. And not just as a woke PR move, but because it's the truth. All right, shout out to a girl's two sound sense for this uh, educational moment. That's sad, y'all. Man, fudge. That's messed up. Let's see what else. What did they say she died from? Okay, so her wiki's, her wiki's back up. Um, third of ten siblings, oldest daughter. So she's singing the church. Like we all grew up in the church. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Died in Las Vegas apartment of cirrhosis at the age of 55. Bell had struggled with alcohol and depression. Her son TJ said the coroner estimated her time of death as a couple of weeks before the body was found. Damn. And Martin arrived at his mother's apartment in Las Vegas. All of her belongings, a DVD player. Oh, that was his son talking, having thrown away all of her writings, such as lyrics, poems, diary, along with Bam Bam music, videos, and other memorabilia went in the trash without her family even being notified. Damn. 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 Dubbed the godmother of grunge or queen of grunge. That's terrible. Okay, July 9th, 2021. Oh, that was my birthday. Oh, that's crazy. Seattle musicians from the tribute band and played a show at Central Saloon to honor Bell's legacy. Bad Brains, tribute band Reignition had the idea for the show. Uh, after Gail King contacted her to do a story on Bell, the Bam Bam tribute had included musicians such as Matt Cameron, Kendall Jones of Fishbone, okay, Aaron Jones, and General Rockaforte, oh, Pearl Jam, uh, guitarist Stone Gossard, okay, also participated, as did black women Jahari selected who were influenced by the Bell's music. Okay. That was, that's what's up. That's sad, though. Shit. That's sad. That is sad. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Now, let's get to... Um... Let's get to... Some more gru gruesome, grisly... Offings. Let's see here. What we got here? 
Florida man fatally shoots pregnant girlfriend over her refusal to get a vacuum procedure. Holy cow. Let's see. Kaylin, she wasn't a bad looking girl. That's terrible. All right. Found shot dead in the Florida park. Her boyfriend has been charged with her killing. November 11, 2022, 19 year old. She was only 19. Kaylin Fiego was found shot to death in the front seat of her car. Back into a parking lot. Blah, 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 blah. Fiengo was pregnant and nearing the end of her first trimester. And she also had a young son. Police learned that she had driven to the park to meet up with 21-year-old Donovan, Faz Donovan Faison, her boyfriend at the time, in the week leading up to her death. Faison and Fiengo had fought repeatedly about her pregnancy. Faison wanted Fiengo to terminate the pregnancy. According to the release, police did not specify whether Faison was the father of the unborn child. Fiego refused to get an abortion. Her refusal was a probable motive for the shooting. Uh, Faison taken into custody and charged with two counts of felony homicide, one for Fiego and one for her unborn child. Oof. Smith called the death infuriating, describing Fiego as a young mother who had her whole life ahead of her. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? God damn it, y'all gotta be careful on both sides of that. Okay, let's continue. What other gruesomes? Oh, let's look here. Let's... Let's do some Sharia law. Arab mother of seven murdered by sons due to her way of life. Listen, boy, they don't play. Mama, you out of you out of pocket. We got to take you out. Mama, you not holding up the <laughs> Mama, you disrespecting Allah. You got to go. <laughs> Mama, you disrespecting Allah. You got to go. <laughs> Renzo, thank you for the five and the cash app. Was it? I forget. Mama, you acting a fool in front of Allah. I've been ordained by Allah to take you out. You out here acting a fool. Let's continue. Two of four suspects arrested by police on Thursday are Taylor Katib's 18 and 20 year old sons. Mama got to go. She acted. She out of pocket, yo. Allah said, Mama get out of pocket. Let's see. Israel police is Israel. Israel. Right. Arrested four suspects of the murder of 41 year old Haifa resident Tyler Khatib. Two of the suspects are her 18 and 20 year old sons. The suspects were arrested along the scene line after attempting to flee. The other two, two other suspects, 27 year old Ahmad Ibrahim and unnamed 16 year old are not related to the victim, but are familiar with the family. According to initial suspicion, Khatib was murdered due to her family's disapproval of her way of life. Let's see what she was into. Let's see. Police previously suspected the suspects were initially targeting a woman's partner who was also detained for questioning. Police added he is currently not considered a suspect in the case. Khatib, a mother of seven, had long complained to police about incidents of domestic violence by her partner and other members of her family. So everybody's putting a foot to her ass. So her man's putting a foot to her ass. Her sons are putting a foot to her ass. Boy, listen, ladies in America, y'all just really don't realize how good y'all got you got it over here. Okay, the fact that you can come on YouTube and talk all this rhetoric and and not get acid thrown in your face is a testament to the beauty of America. Let's continue. When we entered the apartment, we saw a woman lying lifeless on the ground with a serious, serious gun wounds. We were forced to determine her death on the scene. But what did she do? What was she doing? 
According to Kanu, she had previously resided in a shelter for a, for victims of domestic abuse. So what was what was she doing? See, okay, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Y'all need to thank guys like Nick Taylor that fought and and you know kicked in doors for y'all to be able to come on this YouTube and talk all the issue that y'all talked instead of getting acid thrown in y'all faces. Let's do this. When speaking of acid attacks, where was that? So who did it? What was what county was that? Hold up. Let me find it. There was an acid acid attack in the states. Oh man, did I delete it? Son of a bitch. I always do that. Nope, I found it. I found it. Here we go. Wayne County, Michigan, acid, acid attack. Yeah. Listen, this is this new, new. They throwing acid in your faces in, in here in the States. Y'all better sit your asses down. Y'all better sit. No, I don't want this. I want, I want a larger story. Y'all better sit your asses down. They throwing acid in your faces. Family of girl attacked with acid on Detroit playground wants more charges. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Give me the skip ad. Give me the skip ad. Skip. There are calls for more charges in the disturbing case of one child allegedly throwing acid on another child at a playground. Detroit Public Schools Community District Police arrested a 12-year-old over this playground confrontation. The victim, just 11 years old. Local 4's Rob Maloney is live with that victim's family and where the investigation the family is hoping goes from here. Right, Nick. You know, first of all, we should say there is a GoFundMe for this family because uh, the child spent three days in Children's Hospital running up some pretty heavy-duty bills, uh, but there is also ongoing medical treatment here. So that GoFundMe page uh, we should have linked on ClickOnDetroit.com. But this is one of those situations that was really genuinely uh, shocking. When you hear it, you go, how, how could this possibly happen? And it was a week ago Sunday. Uh, children were out on a playground at Werner Elementary School, and a fight broke out between a couple of young children, and not the girl that was involved in this. She just happened to be there, and her mother said she even tried to break up the fight. But in the end, and ended up looking like this. I was screaming and I was oh. crying. When we spoke with 11-year-old De'Ara Summers on Thursday, she said she couldn't oh. understand why or how this happened. She just knows she spent three days Oof. in Children's Hospital to mend her wounds after another child threw acid on her back. Where the hell are these kids getting acid from? Who got time to... Who does this? It was, like, real painful because, like, my legs was burning. All of this coming after her cousin had a playground fight with the girl who told the girls bad things could happen if you mess with her. Tierra wasn't even involved in the fight. It's just, it's unbelievable that something like this can happen. Billy Summers is Tierra's grandfather, and while he worked to open his restaurant, Roscoe's Greens and Beans in Highland Park on Sunday morning, he had her on his mind. It hurts my heart deeply. I mean, because don't know child. Uh, a no person for that uh, 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 aspect deserve nothing like this. I mean, he, a eleven-year-old child. He says he's happy to see an arrest in the case. The arrested child now not allowed back on Man, the playground, listen. instead confined to her home wearing a tether. Yet Billy wants an adult arrested too because it's alleged the mother of that child 
provided wow. the acid. No, I can't wow. imagine that. That's the same thing as saying, giving them a gun, a knife, that's a weapon. I mean, what adult wow. would do that? Well, that's something that the Detroit uh, Public School District or uh, Community District Police Department uh, is asking and whether the Detroit PD might have to get involved. Uh, we're still waiting to hear on that. But this incident did happen on the Werner Elementary School playground. Wow. So that's how they ended up involved. But we do know that they are looking into that corner of this story and uh, waiting to see what becomes of all of that. In the meantime, uh, the the. Uh, Tierra Summers is going to be going to the doctor on Wednesday because it's possible she's going to need a skin graft to deal with that very nasty burn that you saw on her shoulder. Damn. Reporting live, Rod Meloni, Local 4. When it happened in D.C.? Shit. Okay, let's go looking. This is the most recent... What the hell? Listen, yo. Who the hell... <sighs> See, that's why I... I pray I don't, I don't come to these... I don't get faced with situations because I'm already prepared to go. I'm I'm going I'm going back to prison. It's just it is what it is, man. I'm I'm going back to prison. You know, there's nothing to talk about. I ain't waiting for the DA to do what they gotta do. Acid attack in DC. That's twenty eleven twenty ten. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, let's see. Was this the one that happened last year? Nafia, a 22-year-old Elmont student and her parents stood with community leaders today oh, asking Nassau County Police and the FBI to redouble their efforts to bring Nafia's attacker to justice. It was one year ago that a hooded person Oof. ran towards her in her driveway as she walked into her home and silently doused her with a bottle of acid. Nafia has since undergone numerous surgeries to try to heal the devastating skin and eye injuries police released an image of a red Nissan that may be involved. It's been very physically painful, mentally exhausting. Oh. Um, I was having nightmares up until this morning. Help us to find that animal. So please, mm, my daughter, mm, she's mm. suffering every single day. Uh, the reward stands at $40,000 for information leading to an arrest. Nafia, who was working at a local drugstore at the time of the attack and was a pre-med college student, says she still has no clue why anyone See, would attack her. The Nassau County Police Department says cool. numerous interagency... Okay, wait, there's more. So this stuff is happening more and more. Let's see, let's see. I took my clothes off. I was like in so much pain. Right now at 10 o'clock, she survived a horrific acid attack tonight. This teenager talks only to CBS 11, hoping the person who did this will be caught. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I'm Kaylee O'Kelly. And I'm Ken Molestina in for Doug Dunbar. It's an interview you will only see right here on CBS 11. Marianne Martinez live at Parkland Hospital where the high school senior is recovering tonight. Kaylee, the victim and her family are very concerned whoever did this could strike again since that attacker is still on the loose. Now, you're going to hear her in just a moment. She can't speak very loudly because of her injuries. Now, she's also feeling a little self-conscious about what she looks like, understandably, and asked us to blur her face. I'm melting my clothes off. I was like in so much pain. This is what Alma looked like before a vicious acid attack. Mm. A beautiful 17-year-old. At 1 a.m. on Father's Day, she came home from work with her mom when they noticed their front porch light had gone out. And I see, like, this man just standing in front of me with a ski mask and um, a red jacket. I think it was a red hoodie. 
and he just like he had a cup and he just threw it at me. Acid immediately began to eat away at her skin. The acid mainly landed on her back. It also Shit. burned her chest. Alma says her attacker got her twice. The second time, hurling acid on her face. On my chest, on my back, on my eye. She's had several surgeries and skin grafts to help her heal. Mm. Soon, Alma hopes to be well enough to learn to walk again. She says she's recovering faster than doctors expected. Wow. I might not look the same, the same, but I don't look that bad. She doesn't know for sure who did this, but she suspects they know her. The attacker wrote this message on her house. Wow. Alma, expletive, N-word expletive, love expletive. I believe in karma. So now you're going to get a 10 times worse. Alma's mother and brother were standing right next to her during this attack. Her little brother was actually splashed with acid as well, and he spent one day in the hospital with minor burns. DPD is asking anyone with information to please contact them. Reporting live, Marianne Martinez, CBS wow. 11 News. Mary Lee, this is one of the stories that takes your breath away just listening to this. What is Alma's mom saying about it? She was there when the attack happened, right? That's right, Kaylee. Well, they're very afraid for their personal safety since obviously this attacker knows where they live. Now, the mom's instincts took over as this attack was happening there was a kiddie pool just a few feet away she dunked her daughter in that mm. kiddie pool and tried to wash as much of that acid away as she could okay marianne thank you very much damn it so i'll start with you this is becoming a much more prevalent menace mm. and in many ways it's one of the most horrific ways to attack people the damage is forever absolutely uh, i mean when i was in the police i dealt with domestic violence instances where men had thrown acid on women who were about to leave them. It was horrific, absolutely horrific. And, we, and what we've seen over the last few years is that gang members have now used it as a, as a weapon of choice. Uh, it's Why? Well, easily accessible. Uh, guns are extremely... Uh, thankfully, you can't get guns in this country. And if you do get guns, you have to get homemade bullets. You know, the guns aren't very accurate. Uh, they, they are not very, very useful to gang members. Knives, you, get, you commit an offence. Uh, you commit an offence per se. For example, if you've got a knife which is longer than three inches, then it's an offence completely. Just carry I mean, yeah, with absolutely, yeah. Susanna. Just, just carrying it is a, an offence. Yeah, whereas if you are caught carrying acid, as Biz yeah. was going to say, yeah. then you can just say, just off to do Absolutely. You can, you can go in, you can buy it on the internet, you can buy sulfuric acid. On Holy the My 15-year-old daughter would get onto the internet and order sulfuric acid. Jermaine, you were in a gang. Is this the reason that gang members now use it? Yeah, partly. Partly because it's easy to access, it's easy to conceal. If you're a criminal and you're one of these young men that find yourself in one of these vicious cycles of constantly being in danger, you have to understand the mentality that these young men have, that they're in a gang, that they have enemies, and their enemies are using acid. So, so like you were saying, um, for example, you can't bring a knife to a gunfire. Carrying acid, you're gonna get, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to cause um, a person to be a victim for life. Mm. If you get caught, you're not gonna get that that harsh of a right. sentence in comparison to if you was carrying a knife and you use that knife that person's a good chance they could die or alternative would be that they'll have a colostomy so bag. you can cause maximum pain agony wounding but actually a minimum receive less custodial sentence for it so that's extraordinary although it, it would depend on the injury you know if you ended up if you squirted acid on somebody and you blinded them you could be potentially looking at a life sentence so it depend on it would depend what's on the answer well, I think you need restrictions, restrictions on acid, so at the end, we need to make it much more difficult to buy acid, so whether it's about licensing, whether it's about making sure you have to use a credit card, or restrictions anything. on the internet, you need uh, to make sure that we police, we, we've had a 20% reduction in the number of police officers, mm. so the number of stop and searches mm. have gone down, so we need more resources. Well, I mean, Jermaine, stop and search is an extremely controversial policy, and some people think disproportionately affects, for instance, young black men. Is it time to increase stop and search, and, and 
you know, focus on carrying acid as well? I've been speaking on acid attacks for over five years. Um, I believe that the solution to acid attacks is the same solution as it would be to knife crime, to Which gun is. crime, is to actually look at these communities and actually look at the multiple factors that are affecting these vulnerable individuals mm. in complex families. Mm. So lack of opportunity. You know what's interesting about the British accent? Even the thugs can sound educated. You know, if what, if what I'm saying makes sense. So we have a former gang member here. You would never have guessed or never suspected him of being a former gang member just because off the off the British accent. Unlike the States, when a, a former gang member speaks, you, you can almost instantly be like, yeah, this nigga is, you know what I'm saying? It's weird how that the UK accent, you know, it disguises or, you know, it's hard to pinpoint someone, you know, everyone sounds educated and eloquent when they speak in, in the UK. They could be the grimiest of the grimiest, and you wouldn't know just off the accent. I thought that was kind of interesting because I, I never would have figured this guy for a, a former gang member at all. And he speaks, you know, extremely well, but maybe it's the accent, accent that's throwing me off. Opportunities, lack of resources, low-income, poor uh, employment. Lack of father figure a lot of the time. Lack of role models, positive role models, people to inspire to, people that you can look at and say, actually, I want to be like <laughs> that. Actually, like I come from this place. Actually, I can inspire and I can better my life. I can change my circumstances. I can actually Indeed, people like you who've been there Thank you. and now seen the light and now say there is a different way to lead a life. Right? I'm trying to give back based on experiences and knowledge. Well, good for you. And let's hope knowledge. your voice uh, has an effect because last yeah. year, 431 acid attacks compared to 261 the previous year. Something has wow. to be done. Because as you say, the emotional, physical effects of these attacks absolutely that poor man uh polish man was he romanian romanian guy, yeah, oh yeah yeah wild in the uk but that shit then came over here now let's see one more and we're gonna Hi, get on to something joins else. us now good to see you this oh. morning naomi um what a long road from you mm. after a split second changed your life forever forever yeah how do you feel about what happened now because it was around this time of year wasn't it it was, it was december the 30th yeah i feel it's mixed emotions uh, I've gone through those stages of like anger and resentment and why me and you know feeling lost and not really having any answers and it's been difficult to kind of even find closure doing this documentary has helped me you know just find closure and just say you know what I have to have the heart to forgive and I owe myself the freedom yes, to be happy mm. um, the last five years has been unimaginable it's very isolating no one understands what you're going through and having to put on I think a brave face and keep marching on is very hard. Relentless, I guess. Yeah. Relentless, yeah. yeah, and it just, yeah. One of the things I find incredible, and lots of people this morning will be, is the fact that you say that you've been able to forgive the person that did this to you. And she was, mm. she was a, a very good friend of yours as well, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, she was. Um, I was quite close to her. Um, she was a good friend of mine. She's been sentenced to 12 years. Yeah. Does that feel like enough? It, at the time, it didn't. <laughs> now, mm. I'm just like, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and has that forgiveness come about because you need to be able to leave that part of, of what happened behind so you can get on with your life? Yeah, I don't feel like she deserves it. If you ask me personally, mm. she doesn't deserve it. I don't think none of my family even deserve to give her forgiveness. But me being the person I am and knowing what I know and my morals and as my moral stand is to just forgive and move on. And I just hope that the best, I know the best will come for me. Yeah. You had so much, so many physical challenges to deal with. Thankfully, your sight returned. Yes. Um, but obviously, the many, many operations on your face and the skin graft. What was the most challenging, dealing with that or dealing with wow. your emotions? Yes. Everything, because mm. I didn't recognise the world outside or in. Mm. I was like a stranger in my own life. <laughs> what, because of people's reactions? People to change towards you, people's reactions. Of course. I was used to being a pretty girl, going to work, you know, just being young and 
my life just changed in a split second and I was someone that people would stare at in shock, in horror, will have questions, what happened to your face? And then when you answer, it's like, oh, what did you do to the person? It was constant, constant. Mm. It, you mm -hmm. know, it provokes me a lot emotionally, so many different ways. And you look in the mirror, you can't recognise yourself. You don't recognise recognize your life. You don't recognise yourself mentally, emotionally. And on top of that, what do you even explain to people? How do people begin to even understand? And no one has answers for you as to why what's happened has happened to you. You don't have any answers from anyone. So you're trying to figure out a lot of things yourself. And my life just flipped upside down. 20 years old, what do I know about life at 20? Even at 25, you're still learning. You're a developing adult. And you're all of a sudden, you're an acid attack victim and you're a burn survivor. And I left hospital just having to know how to do life. Mm. People struggle generally how to do life. Let and, alone and guess what? Guess what? Somebody's still going to want this woman. Somebody's still going to want this woman. I guarantee it. As being an acid attack victim at the time yeah. and a burn survivor. No, it strikes me that you're incredibly vivacious and you're full of energy and you're mm. staying very positive, as positive as you can. Thank what, you. What, what do you think the future holds? What are your hopes? Um, I want to, I don't know, be in everybody's faces. <laughs> I'm you know, a young woman who has a facial disfigurement and I feel like that's something we can, as society, talk about. Um, I want to have a makeup line, follow my dreams. That's I, what you'd plan to be, a makeup yeah, artist? Yeah, so makeup artists have my own makeup line one day my own business i've always been ambitious and ladies y'all be careful okay one more i gotta i got to see how they do this it's a matter of seconds that changes someone's life it isn't just my life it's like a domino effect he chucked the acid and i've got my right hand my right arm and right part of my face in his mind it was you know attack me with acid so no one wanted me so that's why you paid this guy to do it. It's a horrible injury that would require lots of work. It's just like a life-changing thing. With acid assault, your whole worldview changes immediately and your sense of safety in the world is compromised. This shit is crazy. From that day, I vowed that I'd have a normal life again and I wanted to get a positive out of such a bad situation. The St Andrew's Centre at Broomfield oh. Hospital is one of the largest burn yeah, units yeah, across Europe where people I are treated mean, after they've been attacked with acid and we've gained exclusive access to the unit to see behind the scenes how patients are treated for their injuries and follow them yeah, on the journey yeah, to recovery. Yeah. Adele Bellis was severely burnt after her ex-boyfriend arranged for sulfuric acid to be thrown on her in 2014. It was a Thursday, 14th of August, um, I had work that day. My parents were on holiday so I got up extra early to walk the dog kind of sat down at the bus stop and I was on the phone to my friend. I didn't know you could buy it so readily. I shit, shit, I did not know. I didn't know that. I had no clue. See what, I was today, I was today years old when I found out we could just buy acid all willy-nilly. When I noticed a guy with a black tracksuit and he kind of had like a black scarf around him, like covering his mouth and he was like lightly jogging, shaking a bottle. So I was on the phone like this and he comes from behind and as he chucked it, I moved my head like that. Something Shit. in my head just told me to move. I don't know if I felt his presence or I don't know, just something in my head just said move. So as I moved, he chucked the acid. Um, I got my right hand, my right arm and right part of my face. And um, from there, it kind of went into a blur really. I was kind of playing chicken in the road, running in that traffic. Mm. Adele was rushed to hospital in Suffolk where she received emergency treatment. By the afternoon, she was transferred to the specialist burns unit in Broomfield Hospital in Essex. So what happens once you're admitted? So a patient that we would have typically come through the doors that you've just come through. They'll be greeted here with the uh, ambulance crew, and this is where their journey into our burns unit begins, really. Once I got to the hospital, wow. they just basically put me in a shower, and I was in the shower for about two hours, because basically every time they, they got the acid off really? me, 
it, the acid block was there, it was just carried on burning and burning. We could say the solution to pollution is dilution, so oh, put nice. lots and lots of fluid on it, keep on washing and washing and washing away. Patients can spend long periods of time in the shower. It can take okay. days for the initial burn to reach its full depth. I had a couple of operations, so they got rid of all the dead skin, all the burnt skin. Oh, so I had to wait 72 hours, because that's how long the, the burn takes to get to the, the full burn. The acid continues Ooh. burning into the skin long after the patient is admitted, so specific tests are done to determine the treatment. They'll have like a pH strip to test the acidity or alkalinity of it, and they'll come here. They won't necessarily have got to a normal pH by the time they arrive here. Once the wound has reached a normal pH, further treatment can be carried out. Acid burns, such as sulfuric acid, are felt straight away, but an alkaline burn, such as bleach, can yeah, take longer to feel. They took all the dead imagine. skin off me and then put donor skin on. And then I had skin grafts done, which was taken on my thigh, and then used on my side of my head, my hand, my arm, my chest. Patients are fitted for their own personalised pressure garments to help the appearance of the scars. So we use pressure garments to help put pressure onto the scars to prevent them from becoming raised and lumpy. I had a mask which I had to wear 12 hours a day, which was the big plastic one. And then I'd have pressure garments which I'd wear in, at night whilst I sleep, which kind of went over my head, um, as well as have a suit which would be up to here to here. How long would a patient have a mask like that on for? It's normally while the scar is maturing, so a scar can take up to two years to fully mature. So mm. a patient could be wearing this mask for up to two, two years, day yeah. and night, yeah. while that recovery is happening. Adele stayed in hospital for six weeks after the attack and has been coming back for treatment ever since. Four years on, Adele has returned to Broomfield Hospital for the next stage of reconstructive surgery. The surgeon will discuss the next steps. For this, it's a tight band. We are going to break down this scarring. The surgery will firstly relieve pressure on her scarring and allow more movement, and then she will have laser treatment to help the appearance. I know the skin is tight. I know, yeah, I know that burns. I know it's very tight. Yep, that's good. I know that much. The procedures are expected to take an hour to complete. How'd it go? Yes, went very well. I think she will get better movement in her neck. It, it was tight before and turning to one side was difficult, but I think she will be okay. It's a horrible injury that uh, will require lots of work. For young people to have this on their face mm. is, is really, really serious. So the reconstructive surgery has just finished and now the team are preparing for the laser treatment. And the aim of that is to try and improve the level of scarring that's on Adele's arm and on her neck. Quentin, do you mind just telling me what it is that you're doing? Uh, so at the moment we're using a CO2 laser. The CO2 laser is basically making uh, multiple little holes into the actual burn scar itself. So we're trying to make uh, new collagen in the right orientation and we're also trying to break up bands of constriction. That's so doing two different jobs. Uh, so that will help with her movement and also the appearance uh, and pliability of the scar. The surgery was a success. Adele has had so many procedures she's lost count. But for now, it's time to be reunited with her mum. Adele is one of many patients being treated here as the number of acid attack victims rises. People we see wait, here in a tertiary centre is only a small wait, proportion, wait. tip of the iceberg really. So there's quite a number of people who actually don't... Wait, the bevel? You mean the, the bevel, the, the, the razor company? Wait, move that. You mean the, be the, the razor company, bruh? I have an acid burn from those bevel products I used, uh, Tacrolimus, to help heal the air. Wow, what the hell? Okay, let's get brown. Let's see what she looked like now. Okay, let's get around. Then we're gonna go and get on to some physical else. scars Adele has had to deal with. There are mental scars as well. I'm 26 now, and you know I got attacked when I was 22. I have my good days, have my bad days, but don't everyone. Maria Lawford is a counsellor with the Psychology Therapy Service and works with victims of acid attacks, their families, and the staff who treat them. That's the task. It's trying to process what's happened uh, and why, and, and try and make sense of it because actually a trauma mm -hmm. means everything is really thrown into the air, and particularly with acid 
assault, um, your whole worldview yeah, kind of changes very quickly, uh, immediately. Yeah, it was sp specifically your sense of safety in the world. Like for black men, like and you know, extremely sharp and you know, melanin friendly. Yeah, that's crazy, yo. Wow. All right. Okay. Yeah, black owned bevel. Fuck. So it's a small scar, but it's go so. Did you? file a complaint with bevel or how did you take care of that do you still use their products or you, no not to, i'm not trying to get into your business i'm just i'm, I'm just inquiring I'm, I'm curious okay so let's see what she looked like now so how things been my arm's fine i like my arm it's just my neck's really tight okay so let's have a look at your arm first of all so today is our first physiotherapy here. session since her operation quite i think to be honest with you another session up here could blend that in but it's very very early days yeah. we're just doing firm circular movements okay mm -hmm. yeah adele is being shown what she can do at home to help her scars next what you can do is try and pick up the skin and kind of almost roll it now that's probably gonna feel a little bit weird it feels okay Oof. lord have mercy like every time I come to hospital it's a positive thing because I just know that it's wow. you know a step closer to wow. helping me help my scars and you know wow. another operation is going to benefit me. Things that I you know as, as a bone surgeon I actually see that journey of people uh, when they've had uh, you know very wow. very devastating injuries to them and, and seeing okay, them through, through the other I can't side. take anymore. I can't take anymore. Let's continue with more doom and gloom. What we got here North Texas man sentenced to 35 years in prison for possessing thousands of images of children 35 years in the feds let's see Plano police detectives conducting an undercover investigation into internet programs known for trading child porn and located a user later identified as Belden was making a large quantity of child pornography available for download. Over the course of two days, the detective downloaded over 4,000 image, images and videos of child pornography from Belden. Jeez, upon entering the residence, they discovered Belden actively downloading and distributing child pornography on a laptop. In addition to the laptop, Belden owned a tower containing 15 hard drives, totaling 57 terabytes of storage. The FBI Child Exploitation Task Force spent months forensically analyzing Belden's digital media. Officers located thousands of images and videos of child pornography, including depictions of children as young as toddlers and depictions of sadistic or masochistic abuse. Belden was indicted by a federal grand jury in 2018 of June. During a sentencing hearing, a Plano Police Department detective testified about the undercover investigation, the forensic review of Belden's devices and the content of those devices. Belden's sentencing guideline included a term of imprisonment of 210 to 262 months. The government requested that the judge vary upward and impose a sentence of 420 months. Based on Belden's history and characteristics and the nature and circumstances of his offense, Judge Mazant granted the, governor, uh, the government's motion and sentenced Belden to a total term of 420 months, which is 35 years, to be followed by 20 years of supervised release. Holy cow. Once again, I, unfortunately, you're not making a dent in this. All you can do is just protect and worry about you and yours. You're not going to make a dent in this. Let's continue. Texas school principal secretary accused of performing sexual acts on student in her office during the lunch break. You're not going to t make a dent in this. I, I think maybe people are starting to slowly realize that more and more adults see this as normal 
and what I mean is like because of the news and social media like now it's like all of a sudden oh this outbreak and this surge of adults with children no um it's always been like this it's always been like this you have a large portion of the population that sees nothing wrong with this I think that's the biggest takeaway from all this. But let's continue. A secretary for the assistant principal at Sherilyn High School was arrested for allegedly performing sexual acts on a student. Samantha Lee Carranza was arrested on charges of sexual assault of a child and improper relationship between an educator and student. According to a probable cause affidavit, an officer was informed that a 16-year-old student wanted to file a police report. The officer escorted the student to the main building with the student saying he did not want to be seen by a teacher who was in the assistant principal's office. The student told the officer that on August 31st during the lunch period, he went to the assistant principal's office to borrow a cell phone charger. There he asked the assistant principal's uh, secretary identified as Carranza to which she said yes. He asked her if he could take the charger and return it later, but Carranza told him to stay and charge it in the conference room a few feet from her desk. While in the conference room, Carranza entered and started a conversation about her family and how she was going through a divorce. Mm-mm. According to the court documents, he said that Carranza also showed him a photo of her breast on her cell phone, which made him uncomfortable. The student explains that he started walking towards the door of the conference room and Carranza proceeds to close the door and tells him, you're not going anywhere. The student said she then pulled the strings of his hoodie towards her and began touching his private areas before getting on her knees and performing sexual acts on him. The student said he told the officer Carranza told him if he said anything that she would blame it all on him. According to the mission police, Carranza turned herself into authorities on Friday. Listen, I'm still shocked that 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 scare tactic still works on kids today. Like that whole if you tell you know i'll like that shit still works on these kids like i'm i'm probably more upset because like that that should not still be able to work on these kids today like god forbid like i would hate for me to be like well i was scared scared of what (laughs) you know what i'm saying like what the fuck you scared of what they gonna do they can't do shit to you you know like i tell me to me like i tell her like all that word salad chest like there's nothing nobody can tell you anything you know that that upsets me more i don't know okay okay anywho you're not gonna make a dent in this shit y'all and um mm-mm-mm. I, I, you know he sound like he was raised pretty good at the fact that he became uncomfortable with, with the situation so obviously his experiences were not like of his peers probably but that boy is, he's, there's some damage there. What else we got? Okay, shout out to Carrie for this one. The U.S. is an outlier. Will Mexico's abortion ruling drive Americans across the border? Well, yes. On Wednesday, significant win for Mexican abortion rights supporters. The country's Supreme Court ruled that criminalizing abortions is unconstitutional. However, The process of legalizing the procedure in the country is far from over. Although people will now be able to access abortions at federal health facilities in Mexico, the procedure remains illegal across much of the country. People may want to cross into Mexico for abortion case based on this news, but it's important for people to verify the restrictions in the specific Mexican state uh, that are visiting because each restriction still needs to be legally contested outside the Supreme Court. 
before the Supreme Court decided Roe v. Wade in 73 legalizing abortion nationwide, Americans abortion seekers often fled to Mexico for the procedure. Not only do numerous U.S. states still permit abortion, but people can now mail order abortion inducing pills online and use them to safely end their pregnancies at home. I did not know this. In fact, many of those pills are coming from Mexico where they are relatively accessible. Uh, wow. Even before Roe, v, uh, Roe was overturned in June 20, 2022, Mexican feminists been organizing to help Americans get abortions, shipping pills across the border and walking people through using them. Las Libres, one group that has played a pivotal role in building that network to bring pills to the, into the U.S., told the New York Times in April that through the end of March, it received about 100 requests for help every day. Mexican feminists. Ain't that something? Imagine that. So that whole red pill thing, huh? How's it? You know what? Let's continue. Uh, international collaboration is beautiful, said Cardenas Pena, who still lives in the Rio Grande Valley. But she added, we need access to health care in our communities instead of having abortion seekers continue traveling long distances. Cardenas Pena was born and raised in the Rio Grande Valley, a stretch of Texas that borders Mexico. Growing up, Cardenas would regularly walk across the border to get over-the-counter medication for family members. People in these kinds of border communities have long traveled into Mexico for health care services. Most people looking for abortions in the U.S. are low-income and already have children. Those factors can make travel for abortions seem wildly expensive and logistically difficult, if not impossible, regardless of whether someone is traveling across a state border or an international one. Quite pragmatically, if it's closer to Mexico, I suspect people will. That seems pretty straightforward. Well, we do have hovering in the background these strategies and threats to cut off nationwide access in the United States. So having both Canada and Mexico be places where abortion is going to be accessible and legal is now important and potentially even more important in the future. Okay, now the United States is even more of an outlier in lots of rich developed democracies across the world, South America, Asia, and Europe. You don't see sweeping, no exception bans of the kind you're seeing in large swaths of the United States. It's so disheartening to see how backwards the, United, the U.S. has gone in terms of reproductive autonomy and re- reproductive justice. It's maddening. That is crazy. What else we got? So this woman here, Pava Marie LaPere. 26 murdered in the Baltimore apartment is Forbes 30 under 30 tech CEO who launched a $7 million eco company. So Maryland woman found murdered in her apartment has been identified as tech CEO and social impact entrepreneur who runs a $7 million company and police have refused to reveal who made the 911 call reporting her missing. Well, why would you not tell? Interesting. Pava Marie LaPere, 26, was killed by blunt force trauma inside her luxury Mont, uh, Mount Vernon, Baltimore apartment, and her body was found by police on Monday. No suspects have been arrested, and cops have not revealed any possible motives. According to her social media, LaPere was born in Tucson and was single. She is the co-founder of CEO EcoMap Technologies, which she launched at the age of 22 in her college dorm room, as well as her Forbes recognition. She was named in Baltimore's 40 under 40 and Maryland's 25 under 25 list for innovation. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. Under her leadership, the Baltimore-based startup has raised a total of $7 million in funding in the last 18 months. 
Upon arrival, they found LaPierre dead. She had signs of blunt force trauma and detectives launched a homicide investigation. A neighbor who lives across the hall from LaPierre said she woke up to cops knocking on LaPierre's door. There was no answer. She told local news. Mm. According to investigators, there had been a missing persons call made for her a short time before her dead body was discovered. They declined to say who made the call because the investigation is ongoing. Okay. Is that her partner? Okay. She is picked. This is Sherrod Davis, the company's COO. Okay. 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 That's her apartment building. Mm-mm-mm. It's a dirty game. What else we got? What else we got? Oh, shout out to Jay Cargill. Jade Cargill is going to the WWE. Listen, when I first heard this earlier today, first thing I thought was a a matchup between her and Rhea Ripley for the for the belt. So I'm I'm calling it Jade Cargill versus Rhea Ripley for the 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 women's heavyweight title 2024. I can't see anybody else at this point against Rhea Ripley. Like this is awesome. So. Uh, Jade Cargill says decision to, to sign with WWE was a no-brainer. Um, she signed a multi-year contract with WWE. Uh, let's see. Cargill was asked how it feels that she can officially call herself a WWE superstar. It feels great. I feel like I was just in preparation for the grand stage. I felt like it was. this was always the mission. I felt like, you know, the shoe fit. I felt like this was going to happen. Honestly, this is all expected, so I'm excited to be here. Uh, she said, I want to create a legacy. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I want to wrestle with the best women in the world. I mean, there is no grander stage than this. The opportunities are endless for this company. It's a no-brainer. It was very welcoming. I didn't have any second thoughts about it at all. It was just an easy choice. It wasn't easy, but it was easy. Uh, let's see. When asked how her connection with Cody Rhodes affected the decision, Cargill confirmed that it was a factor. He was top three and not third. He's a phenomenal man. I've seen what the business did for him. I've seen him just be the stellar athlete that he is, and I didn't see any different for myself. Cargill named Nia Jax, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair as opponents she wants to face in WWE. Listen, Cargill and Rhea Ripley for the for the belt 2024 is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to I think she had like a 59-match win streak before she lost her belt. This is this is huge. Shout out to Triple H. Triple H is the head of talent at the WWE. So this is a awesome, awesome shot in the arm for the WWE. Like I'm excited for this. Now I'm gonna I'm go back watching <laughs> women's wrestling now, you know? I mean I like Rhea Ripley. I like Nia I like I like Nia. Um by, by, um Monica Belair is dope, but now I'm like really like okay, let me see. Jade's here now, you know. Yeah, that's that's what's up. That's I got. Oh, the LeBron school murder, the I Promise school murders. Okay, two men involved in the death of 17-year-old Ethan Liming last summer at LeBron James's I Promise school in Akron were found not guilty, not guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Deshaun Stafford and Tyler Stafford were at the scene of the crime when Liming suffered a fatal hit to the head. 
The Summit County jury reached the decision on Monday. Deshaun and Tyler Stafford faced two counts of involuntary manslaughter. A verdict was not reached for the first count, and the jury determined that the Stafford brothers were, were not guilty concerning the second count. Now, why everyone's talking about this case is because you got three black boys and one dead white boy. Right? Okay. So, in 2022, Liming was caught up in the spat with Deshaun, Tyler, and Donovan Jones after driving by LeBron's school and shooting at the three males with a pellet gun. The three men confronted Liming after shooting at them with the water bead pellets. Police testimony shared in the case stated that Lyman, accompanied by several friends, was high on weed and pranking bystanders with his pellet gun. Deshaun Stafford was the first of the three suspected men to engage with Lyman until his brother Tyler and cousin Donovan Jones jumped, uh, joined in. Details on Lyman's fatal injuries revealed blunt trauma to the head believed to have been suffered after Deshaun punched Lyman, causing the teen to fatally hit his head on the ground. Lyming's vehicle was reportedly removed from the scene by Deshaun, Tyler, and Donovan. However, the boys claim that they acted in self-defense after Lyming and his friends shot at them with a pellet gun. Under Ohio law, a person is allowed to use force in self-defense or in defense of another. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to back up from a fight. He met a punch with a punch. These boys were not looking for trouble. Trouble came looking for them. They are hot. They are, they are, they're upset that these boys were not found guilty. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else? I think that's it for the news edition. <laughs> I think that's it. I need to, I need to really need to close some of these tabs out. Like I'm doing too much right now. I'm doing too much. Let's serial killer. Spotsville monster. Okay. Okay. Did I miss anything? Yeah, them water bees shits, them joints hurt. Shit. Yeah, them shits hurt. They will leave a mark. They will leave a mark. I mean, shit. They beat the case. I don't I don't know what else to a jury of their peers, you know. I don't I don't know. I wasn't there, so yo, I'm gonna get out of here. Um, yeah, I put on two hours. I'm good. I'm good. Did I miss anything? Anything I need to comment on? Um, no, yeah, no, nah. So we'll, we'll be looking for those guys down the street to make a bunch of content based off what star said and, and just pay attention to all those guys that called in the star earlier today, a bunch of content consumers. They, these are the guys that those content creators look for to, to kind of juice and fleece and, and and keep the trauma bonding going so y'all be mindful and be careful out here because this some have i seen the chocolate uno uh oh what is that what is the chocolate uno and when you coming through so we can talk some movie tv movie business industry stuff because they about to wrap up this writer strike but I don't think this this actor strike is going to end no time soon. So everyone's jumping for joy that the strike is over. No, 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 not so much. The writers are good to go, but the actors have yet to sit down with the uh, AMPTP. So everybody kind of pumped their brakes 
talk shows to get back to writing, get back to working. Whatever movies, scripts have been paused, TV shows been paused, the writers can get back to working. But all this content with no actors means what? All these scripts and TV shows that will be finalized and written and, and re-engaged with no actors means what? So everybody pumped their brakes with this this writers. The writers' strike is cool, but it's the actors now that they've got to get their issues. So everybody calm the fuck down. Shit. What is chocolate uno? <laughs> right for AI. I think the actor strike ends to no 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 what no no see once again once again the actors have not sat down with the big wigs yet it's been the writers the whole time negotiating their deal now it's the and now it's the actors turn and the actors this shit's not gonna go no no time quick y'all can stop this it ain't gonna be that quick as as, as quick as y'all think and I hope they bring it back they're not gonna bring it back. Now, if somebody picks it up that buys the rights, then possibly, yeah. So, close out the stream with some Kevin Sanders. I'm good, man. I done, I done already kicked enough dirt on that dead man, you know. But, you know, you, you see how much, you can see how important he was to their to their lives because they're still to this day, like, for all those guys that didn't that didn't go to his funeral, they sure, you know, keep the altar, the, the, the candles lit. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. Yesterday was what? Yesterday was Yom Kippur, right? That was Monday. So everybody took the day off. So now the WGA has to either both ends, East and West has to vote, ratify it, sign it. And then the writers get back to work. Then the actors can come in and do their negotiation. This is not going to. Once again, this is already, next week is October, bruh. Next week is already October. Okay? Next week is October. We'll be pushing 150, 160 days by the time the actors um, in, in their strike. Okay? So, no time soon. Everybody pump their brakes. All right. So, with that being said, somebody's <laughs> somebody said close out with some rar. I got you. Do I still have it? Where's Barragon? All right, I'm out of here. Thank y'all for for hanging out. Everybody that donated. Uh oh, birthday's next week. What you got planned? Wait, what is Chocolate Uno? What is Chocolate Uno? Hi, Chief. What you got planned for your birthday? Where are you gonna be at? Are you traveling, flying out somewhere? Little booth ain't gonna fly you out. Y'all gonna do the the whole couples thing? Yes, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, bruh. That's not going anywhere. That no, that's not going anywhere. That is intrinsically that is firmly intrinsically placed uh, in content moving forward. <laughs> you already know what is chocolate Uno. Roz, I wait for you to tell me what chocolate Uno is. You know I'm gonna look it up. I'm not gonna wait. What is chocolate Uno? Let me look up and see what chocolate Uno is. Should I be should I be frightened? Chocolate, choco. Chocolate Uno. What is this shit? Oh Lord, the blackest Mexican you ever saw. Oh no, it's a sis. I'm gone, ma'am. Chocolate Uno. This is him, huh? 
ma'am. See, I didn't open the damn, I didn't, I didn't open the floodgates. I, I, I didn't open the Latin floodgates. Chocolate Uno. Okay, let's see his, let's see his IG. What's his IG? Let's see. What are you talking about? What is this? And now I know, unfortunately, I was not able to make it to your quinceanera last Saturday, but I still got you with a birthday performance. Everybody in my comments, please wish Aseline a happy belated birthday. Let's get it. What the hell, Rosby? No more edibles for you, Roz. Okay, culture vulture on Chalino's chat. Yeah. <laughs> he probably don't even speak Spanish. <laughs> Y'all stupid. Y'all stupid as hell. Chaka was the original. <laughs> Damn it, what the hell? Where is and conspiracy missing all this good shit? I'm not mad at him. I get it, man. I get it. What did I just wake up to? To some nonsense. Don't be down here entertaining them Latinas, okay? If he got the <laughs> That was funny. You know what? We'll have to go back down that rabbit hole. We'll we'll check in. You know what? Okay, one more. Okay, one more. One more. Chocolate Uno. Let's see, what he, let's see, let's see, let's see this. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So my love, my life, my precious, my king. No, 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 come here. Yeah, you. What's up? Nasty. Come here. Cochina. Hey, put that, put the abuelito on that chair now. That is a big ass chair, but I, I got a big ass. No, I'm playing. Hey, 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 hey. Little kids, close your eyes, all right? This is the nasty part of the show. Abelita. Oh no, oh no. 
Rise, no more edibles for you. N Rise, no more edibles for you. Okay? No soup for you. No soup. Uh oh, shit. God damn it. Not Nick. Nick, not Nick's giving me links. Lord have mercy. You know it's bad when Nick give me links. Let me see. Let me see. Play this one. <laughs> what? Oh, you know, I got way too many tabs open. This shit is skipping. I got way too many tabs open. Hold up. My shit is skipping. Hold up, hold up. Let me close some of these motherfucking tabs. Tabs. What is this? Is that one? TikTok. Okay, let's close this one out. Boop. And the mother one's got to stay up because I need them up. Okay, let's go. This is what Nick listens to to and from a site. <laughs> I ain't mad at the brothers embracing, you know what I'm saying? Hey, what what tribe is is the is the is, is the Mexicans? Is that tribe of Issachar? Right? On on the on the on the, the, the twelve tribes of Judah scale, that they're the tribe of Issachar. That's not the clip I saw. Mm-hmm. sure, sis. Yeah, got Abelita Moist. She ain't got no damn business being moist, okay? Cutting up at that damn quinceanera, acting a fool. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. All right. She got more tabs open. The <laughs> I can't, I, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm a digital hoarder, man. I got tabs open because I never know if I'm going to need them shits, though. So I, I'd be nervous to close them out. I've had this for years. That is hilarious. I'm dying right now. Oh, he's for hire. Get the money. Hey, listen, we are the entertain. Yeah, entertainment masters. Nobody does it better than us. Nobody. Nobody. There's your black and brown coalition. All right, I'm out of here. Y'all have a good night. We'll do this again tomorrow. Peace.